produced by Ackerman Marketing and PR. We speak with business and community leaders about challenges in their industry and marketing and communication strategies that have helped them drive their business, all over a glass of sweet tea. My name is Beth Parks, and I'm Vice President at Ackerman. Today, I'll be speaking with artist and designer Diana Warner. Diana grew up in Tennessee with a passion for art. She graduated from the University of Tennessee with a Bachelor of Fine Arts with a concentration in both painting and drawing. She launched Diana Warner Studio in Knoxville and upon much success, relocated her studio to Gramercy Park in Manhattan. She has jewelry in 700 stores worldwide and her designs are seen often on the red carpet and on hit TV series. Diana has retail locations in Knoxville and Nashville, and her line has been expanded to include shoe lines, formal gowns, clothing, and now a Warner Home line with beautiful cabinetry and home products. So, Diana, welcome to Sweet Tea and Strategy. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Of course. So, in light of the name of the podcast and with you being a Southerner, Mm -hmm. what's your take on Sweet Tea? Are you a fan? I order my tea um, because my southern accent's so deep. When I lived in New York, I had to order tea with no sugar because if I asked for unsweet tea, they couldn't understand me. So I, I'm I'm an unsweet tea girl, but unless or not, but unless my brother makes it. Mm. If my brother makes it, it is delicious. He does the whole brewing the tea and the. Sugar, maybe he puts juice in it. Lots of fresh lemon. Mm-hmm. That's sounds, my exception. Sounds delicious. What's your refreshing uh, drink of choice? Currently water. <laughs> <laughs> Water's always a good one. Well, thanks again for being here. We want to dive into your journey um, and uh, and start with how you got started. I know you grew up doing crafts, mm-hmm. um, and that inspired you. You're very artistic. Um, I'd love to know how you got from doing crafts, from going to the craft store, mm-hmm. into being able to have a studio. Um, yeah, I, that's a hard path for me to even figure out how I got there. <laughs> um, I actually always took art classes. I, I was... The weird kid that was an athlete and an artist. It was a nice, nice sort of balance. Always took a ton of art classes. I went to Farragut High School. Had a fantastic art department there. Um, Was very encouraged by them. But then, you know, was a little nervous as a Southern woman. And, you know, going to art school seems so weird. And, like, you'll never be able to provide for yourself. And it's scary. So I started out at UT in public relations and kept, like, missing art and had put together a business plan with my dad to purchase a piece of property down on campus. And inside that piece of property, I opened an art gallery to sell other people's art. I think I was still, like, scared to be an artist, so I was, like, tiptoeing in other Mm -hmm. people's and helping them get their art out. And finally one day I... I think I might have been at what's now Bliss. Um, when we opened it, it was called Elation with Scott and Lisa. I think I was in the storeroom because it, it morphed into opening that business. Mm-hmm. Um, and just decided, I want to be making art and not selling it. And so I applied um, to the art school at University of Tennessee. And I had no idea. It was in, really hard to get into and a really incredible school. And I did not get in. And um, so I applied again um, the second semester, and 
the head of the department, the painting, I, I, I was going big. I was going for the hardest concentration. I wasn't going to just, you know, go in for general art, evidently. Um, Michael Brocky, um, the second semester, told me that he let me in because I was brilliant, but I better learn how to paint. Um, he had some cuss words mixed in with it, and that was sort of how my art career started. I was terrified, shaking, you know, um, kid that was, you know, being told I better learn how to paint, and I was only in because I was smart. Um, Funny. Yeah, but I worked really hard um, and found out that art is really about vulnerability and um, had some, whether it's you believe in angels or people or whatever you believe, walk into my life and um, hold me accountable or open my eyes to what the real story was that I was trying to tell through art. Mm -hmm. You know, it was a lot of trial and error, a lot of kind of being scared and then stepping back and then stepping forward, Um, but was able to graduate at a really high position in that class and with, um, you know, a major in studio painting and then a second concentration in drawing. So that, um, that led me to... Okay, I'm almost to the end of your story. Yes. So that led me to my senior year. One of those angels was an artist named Charlotta Westergren. She was still an amazing artist. She was doing the artist in residency program that I don't think anyone in Knoxville understands that exists at UT. Mm-hmm. It is unbelievable. So she was an artist in residence, and she was doing a show at the Knoxville Museum of Art. Mm-hmm. And um, she knew that I was very business savvy and asked me to basically manage the show, manage the, it was a huge show. You know, we had 75,000 payettes on and clovers growing and all this kind of crazy stuff. And, um, so I was doing that and I showed up one day dressed and had a pair of pretty earrings on and the director of the museum, I believe it was the director was Donna Dempster at the time. And she didn't even say anything to me. She grabbed my hand and walked me to the store, the Knoxville Museum of Art store, and introduced me to Susan, who ran it, mm-hmm. and said, Susan, this is Diana. We're going to be selling her jewelry. Oh, wow. And that was my very first client. And That's so, amazing. Yeah. So for me, I was making, and I still do occasionally, but I was making these massive paintings. I was making art that took forever. And my therapy or my quick art was jewelry. And mm-hmm. I had been I had made that as a kid, and I kept making it so much so that Michael Brocky, who's passed away but was the head of the department, came in my art studio and kicked, like kicked, like a soccer ball, my bead box into my studio and spilled it everywhere and told me to put the jewelry away until I effing graduated <sighs> because he thought it was a distraction. <laughs> so as, um, as a smart ass, I started making giant paintings of jewelry. And my thesis, he loved because... Mm-hmm. He was like, she's such a smart ass. I love it. And, um, but that was my little thing. And that's really, my little therapy became my career. Um, and I think having the fine arts training made me better at making jewelry. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what people forget or don't realize about fine arts training is that it's a ton of problem solving. Mm-hmm. So that fine arts stuff affects everything you do going forward. Right. So it just took that one person yeah. to notice your mm-hmm. earrings for mm-hmm. you to get that, that foot in the door. Yeah, isn't that wild? And then um, 
Obligato picked up the jewelry after that, and then all these stores around the southeast, and it was really maybe a year or less before I moved to New York City and managed to run into at a charity event I was helping with the crowd from Gossip Girl, and they Mm -hmm. were getting ready to film, and Wanted to know if I wanted to be involved, and I, you know, told him I didn't watch TV. I only watched SEC football. And they were like, well, you'll like this show. And I was like, okay, whatever. I've seen every episode like a hundred times, so I liked it. But, um, so got to know them and Mm -hmm. became a staple with that show, which was really cool to be a part of. So when you had your studio Mm -hmm. and it grew in Knoxville. Mm -hmm. That must have been a huge leap of faith to just pick it up and move it to New York. Yeah. What What were you thinking at the time? What was happening, and why well, did you make those decisions? Well, um, I have a really smart little brother who is an architect that graduated his undergrad from Tennessee. And he. I was up there a ton for what's called um, a desk side. So you take your whatever you make or whatever your product is, you go sit with an editor at their desk and you walk them through it Mm -hmm. and I um, was up there for a lot of those Um, and you know I would stay in hotels spend a lot of money on hotels and um, he decided well he got a job in New York City as an architect and so my brother being the genius that he is was like well why are you spending so much money on hotels you know you could just be you know sharing some place with me Mm -hmm. smart guy Mm because you know then he got a bigger place And, um, and so we, we went that, I was like, you're right. Oh my gosh. I could help my brother have a better place. And, um, and he was like, you really need to be in New York city. And, um, you know, it was kind of a slow thing. And my best friend, Rachel Nickel, now field from Knoxville growing up, we met when we were in this grade that I don't think exists anymore called transition when you're too young for first grade, but too old for kindergarten. (laughs) And um, and so we've been friends ever since. And she was beauty editor at a magazine up there. And she was like, you need to move up here. You need to move up here. So I had a support system. It wasn't just pack up and go. I had already had business established there and had worked really hard to do that. And I had encouraging, you know, family. So yeah. my, my parents, you know, they were nervous. But yeah. That's so. awesome. So what is it specifically about your jewelry that you think gets noticed the most? Um, it's it's maybe very wearable, um, but also kind of stands out. So it's a statement, but also wearable. A lot of it has natural metal colors or natural looking metal, but then it's juxtaposed with like something really sparkly. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it looks different. And... It, it might not be that pretty. It just became popular, you know, but, but I think it's pretty. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people do. I, I spend time sourcing nice material. Um, I like making things function. I'm a really big into, you need to be able to wear this every day or with all these different outfits or it needs to change and morph. So I think, I don't know. I think it's just, it's, it fits with your life, you know? Yeah. So, at some point in time, you decided to, you know, add a shoe line mm-hmm. or expand your business. Yeah. Was your artistic uh, creativity going in different directions, or why did you choose what you chose? Um, it was just a natural fit, you know, like jewelry and, and handbags became shoes, and shoes became 
some clothing um, and dabbled in all of that. The shoes were really sort of the same idea as the jewelry. The shoes are pretty, but they're comfortable and healthy. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole thing with the jewelry is that it's hyperallergenic. It's made from, you know, nice, nice material, but it's affordable. So it's, um, and the shoes were sort of, were, were a similar idea of that I want it to function, mm-hmm. you know. And the little tagline was, walk a mile in these shoes. And, and have you done that? Yeah. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I actually um, was in town last Friday and went dancing at the Knoxville Museum of Art Mm -hmm. um, in those shoes. And then one of our friends also wore the shoes, and we danced the night away. So, yeah, no, it's – I've walked all over Manhattan multiple miles in those shoes. Yeah, that's awesome. And our feet, thank you. Yes. Um, So in New York, you have this great studio. Mm -hmm. You're selling jewelry to stores and boutiques. And you mentioned Gossip Girl. Mm -hmm. But then you also – developed relationships in the country music Mm -hmm. do you have any tips for anyone that's looking to um to get endorsements or work with celebrities Mm -hmm. to get those relationships um yes and and I would say keep asking um and then be open to like weird stuff um or not weird but things that you wouldn't think of Mm um you know Gossip Girl when it came across me I was like I don't even know how to turn my TV on, but sure, whatever. And had no idea it'd be huge for my mm-hmm. um, company. And I think if I had even if I had leaned in harder, it would have been even bigger. Um, but I was still trying to figure stuff out. And then I was approached by a company called Red Light Management, and they are talent management. And at the time, they only managed musicians Mm -hmm. and there was a young manager there that was like I approached her boss and said I like this girl I buy her jewelry I've met her I think we can make some money with her Um, I have some ideas and from that I ended up doing a partnership with Styx the band like that I love from the 80s Um, and they still play and they're awesome and um I still wear your jewelry oh yeah and Tommy Shaw is a dream he and his wife Jeannie are amazing people um and uh then I did a partnership with Tim McGraw and Faith Hill for -hmm. their soul to soul tour it was the first time that they were sitting it down in Vegas and so I had to fill the whole store with um and the whole idea behind the partnerships was making merchandise that people would buy, like making a collection in their style. So making, instead of you going buy ugly concert shirt, but, you know, everyone loves an ugly concert shirt to Mm -hmm. sleep in or whatever, but instead of that being your only option, you could buy something that Faith or Tim might actually wear or Tommy or the boys might actually wear. Um, And anytime you do something new, you're going to get backlash. And Lord knows I got it from the Sticks fans. Um, But then they love me. I mean, I still get fan mail. And... um, you know, and then with um, Tim and Faith, it was really well received, and they are the nicest people. Um, and there's a few. There was I, actually there's many more partnerships. I just can't remember. Um, but just be open to stuff that feels out of the box. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but I do think like desk size are important. Um, I, I I don't know what they're called these days, but just email, email, email. Um, there's this brilliant um, girl um, that was my friend growing up that came to work with me in Knoxville, named Laura, Laura Belsley. 
um, that studied public relations, and she just was relentless and got my little face in Marie Claire magazine. And like overnight, we sold, you know, thousands and thousands of necklaces. Um, you know, just be be relentless, and if you've got an idea, but also be open. Um, always tell people that the only way to be successful in business is to be Madonna, and then I unpack it and how how is she successful because she's constantly morphing and changing and she's mm-hmm. constantly irrelevant. Yeah, um, that's great. So, you know, just be open-minded and, and present to what the opportunities are. Yeah, for sure. I know looking back on the past year, you know, 2020 was a... Real shit show. <laughs> different kind mm-hmm. of year for everybody. Um, did you have any learnings or takeaways? Tons. Yeah. Um, well, one, we never shut our business down, and we got, um, you know, a citation, which I have framed, um, and, um, it's my badge of honor, Mm -hmm. and, um, I made a decision early on, I was scared to death like everyone else, like, what is this thing, what is this COVID mess, we're all gonna die, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) what's happening, um, but I made a decision that I would not lose employees and I would not sacrifice the hours that they needed to pay their bills and I I knew that I kind of buckled up knowing that I'd probably empty my savings to keep my company open and just it was one of those gut punches like okay well yeah like everything you've you know been working for is probably going to go away right now and then you're going to have to build it back so it was one of those things where you kind of felt like you were looking up a mountain like shit, haven't I been here before? Like, haven't, mm-hmm. you know? Um, or, or one of those feelings where you want to throw your hands up and say mercy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just we just decided um, to put our head down and to, to just go forward. And we never closed. And we just kept being really good at our jobs. And whether that was serving our clients, and, and it was really a lot was just pretty much Knoxville-based during covid um, or, you know, we, we traveled a little bit, but not, but in the Southeast mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did, we just were like, we're going to serve our clients however they'll let us. And they might just tell us to F off and, and see you in a year and, and maybe they will, um, mm-hmm. or maybe it will grow. Um, I do think that if you have the energy that downtimes like in the economy or is when you will grow the most as a person and when your business can grow the most. Mm-hmm. If you have the energy and you are stubborn enough to put your forever eyes on and, and, and look 500 yards away. Because you do. You have to look a year down the road. You have to look two. You have to look three. Um, and you gotta, you got to keep looking. You know, when, when you get distracted, you got to refocus. Yeah, definitely. I always try to plan... Uh, you know, 10 years out, Mm -hmm. but then you have to be able to morph in the moment. Yeah. So that's a, that's a great takeaway. So with your studio Mm -hmm. in New York, your store in Nashville, Mm -hmm. your store in Knoxville, you also have a new adventure with Warner Home Mm -hmm. that we would love to hear about where you're a design partner Mm -hmm. um, and have all these lovely home products. Yeah. So how did that, how did that come about? And was this pre- COVID? Did this bubble up during COVID? It was pre-COVID. Um, it's kind of been, you know, bubbling up for my entire life. Like, I would always just help people or clients that I liked, you know, do design work um, and not really ever charge for it. And I think I probably still don't charge for it, but somehow it's working out. And um, 
And I was, I was really good at it. Like, I was just good at decorating. Like, I haven't been to design school. I can't be called an interior designer. Um, but I was good at decorating. Mm-hmm. And um, what I really, really like is helping people do their job well. And so what I decided to do was to open, um, like, a company that could help designers, like, actual interior designers do their job really fantastically or if a client didn't have an interior designer, we could hook them up with one, or we could act as their decorator. And it's been fantastic. Um, I I love design. I love cooking. I love um, fashion, and they all kind of merged in the kitchen. And so, we have a beautiful um, line of custom inset cabinetry, which is like I, I don't. Even, I, you just got to come over, mm-hmm. you know, you just got to come see it. Like, yeah. it's just that good. Even the pictures are beautiful. Yeah, thank you. It's just, it's just that good. And, um, and so what we also have, what people don't know is we have a line that's like crazy portable. Mm-hmm. Like if you wanted to flip a house or if you wanted to put something in, you know, a, a house that you're like, look, this is the price point that I'm going to top out at and I don't want to outprice the neighborhood. We are very upfront with people. We're like, let's, let's do what's best for you. And um, the fact that our overhead is so small, our quality and our, our value, what you're getting, is just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, we've never, you know, advertised really. It's all word of mouth. And, you know, posting some pictures on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have intentions of, of advertising and, and working up to that. But right now we haven't. Um, and so the cabinets are fantastic. We, we um, sell um, at wholesale tile um wallpaper we are the new pharaoh and ball which is a company out of the uk distributor for east Mm -hmm. tennessee um which means that we can create designer accounts um for we could make an account for a public you know person that walks in and sell to them but we can also create designer accounts and architect builder accounts for people who want to use a nicer healthier product and pharaoh and ball is i mean I, like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, you walk in, and you can tell when a room is painted with it. Mm-hmm. It's phenomenal. It looks like whole thing's airbrushed. You're like, whoa. Um, but, and it's healthy, which I think is so important. Mm-hmm. And, Definitely. And there's washable paint, which is great, because, you know, kids are licking walls and <laughs> writing on them and all that kind of stuff. So yes, The crayon does not come off. Yeah, but it's been... some elbow grease. Yes. It, it comes off of this paint. But it's um, it's been really fun to be able to service people who I really admire like Mm -hmm. interior designers and builders and um, architects with those products so Mm -hmm. that's great um so we talked earlier about how when you were starting your journey how you were afraid Mm -hmm. um you know being an artist does not make a lot of money Mm -hmm. especially initially um a lot of uh you know entrepreneurs or young people that might be listening to this podcast might have an idea that, you know, would take some doing to get off the ground before it would make a penny or um, painting or Mm. artistry or jewelry making. Mm. What is your advice for anyone who's just starting out that has a budding idea that Mm. maybe seems out of the box or Mm. out of the ordinary um, and they might be getting maybe some doubters, Mm -hmm. you know, going, well, you know, can you really do this? Yeah. you know, any words of wisdom? Yeah, I mean, when I changed my major, when I called my parents to change my major or to tell them I was changing my major, um, I was point blank told I would make more money dead than alive. 
and they were really, really upset about it. But as a pretty logical person, I was like, well, I could always teach, you know, like I had a backup plan. But I would say, one, if you don't have haters, you're not doing your job, um, and you're not doing something new, and you're not doing something out of the box. So that's okay. Haters is okay. But um, you can't run on empty. So um, you could run straight in, head in, throw everything you have into this dream. And that sounds fantastic. And it sounds like an Instagram dream or a YouTube dream or something that would be great. Um, But guess what? The chances of you making it are really, really slim. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you do, you might burn out. So my advice would be, Work really, really, really hard at your side gig and have some sort of stream of income to sustain you, but work really hard and be okay with sacrificing things like relationships or friendships or social time. Um, If you don't make sacrifices in your 20s, if you're a young person, um, you're not going to have what you want in your 30s. And I have a lot of friends that didn't understand the path I was taking and I took it pretty early in my 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I mean, my mom even said, like, I wish you had a normal life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's always going to be that, but you have to forge your own. Right, and have and, that drive. Yeah, and have that drive. And make sure you have balance because you will burn out if you're not careful. And I did when I was, oh, 34, 35. And I shut a lot of my company down. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And so, you know, I've had to learn balance as well, but, but having, having it be sort of a side gig while I was making income, um, as a young person enabled me to buy more into my side gig and Mm -hmm. then my side gig. And it wasn't very long. It was pretty quick, but my side gig became my gig and then Mm -hmm. it became a lot of people's full-time job. So, um, but I would, I would say think logically, um, but dream big. That's great words of advice. So uh, thank you so much for joining us for this podcast. Um, This was an amazing conversation. Um, And thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed Sweet Tea and Strategies podcast today. Uh, To hear more conversations about business strategy and communications, visit thinkackerman.com. And we hope you'll join us again in the next edition of Sweet Tea and Strategy.